Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Holy moly! Man, woman, and child in that bottom of the aisles. Johnny the Jet Riders just for a moose of their shoe. Oh, they don't have him yet? Look at Tommy Frazier. How many tackles can one man break? Touchdown. What's up, Husker fans, and welcome back to Believe in Nebraska Football on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Casacho, and week one is in the books. Huskers get their first win of the season, big bounce back win. Uh, the rest of college football started. A lot of excitement in the Big Ten, particularly in the Big Ten West, which we'll, we'll get into a little later. But first, let's dive into this Fordham game. Now, last week... I called on Nebraska to play a clean game. Obviously, Nebraska was heavily favored in this game. And I wanted to see a clean game, no turnovers, uh, get in rhythm, offensive line, get a push, all that good stuff. And I'd love to say that I felt like they answered the bell there and uh, put their money where their mouth where their mouth is, as, as I said last week. But it was a bit of a mixed bag. In, in some categories, in some departments, they were able to really clean things up and to get into rhythm. And in others, we still have the same demons cropping up, and there's still work to be done. So let's start by talking about some of the things that went well for the Huskers on Saturday. Um, as I said last week, I went to this game as Fordham is my alma mater, so I wasn't going to miss it. Uh, but there was actually a lot surrounding the sellout streak and, and whether the fans would kind of become complacent or whether we, you know, it had just been too much with the negative, you know, the losing and the, <laughs> the negative press. But I, I went to the game and, and I was very, very pleasantly, I don't want to say surprised, but it, I, I definitely, when I landed on Friday night, I was a little nervous that, that maybe the game wouldn't be, the fan base wouldn't be as energized as it, as it had been in the past. Uh, because of the disappointing seasons and games that we've had, but it, it was a wild crowd, completely packed, and and no matter how much the Huskers were up, no one cleared out. The stadium was full to the end of the game. It was really a, a cool thing to see, and it was cool to get to see Fordham too, and and it was cool to see after the game all the Fordham parents and fans because there were there were more Fordham parents and fans than I thought there would ever be all the way from New York to Nebraska, but they were there out after the game and everyone that I talked to said that they just couldn't believe how nice and classy the Nebraska fan base was and that they were congratulating them on all of the, the strong plays that they had and, and, and great games that some of the Fordham players had had, um, particularly the linebacker and the quarterback. And, and just, it was, it was a great experience for me personally, just because it was like a fever dream watching Fordham play Nebraska. Like I never thought those two worlds would ever, would ever combine. But so in terms of the fan base, the fan base gets an A for, for continuing to show up and be their classy selves. I know last week I also talked about holding on to tradition and the fan base didn't disappoint. Other things that went well, um, obviously it starts with the quarterback play, the offense, um, and there was a lot of really exciting things. Martinez had a much better game 
Um, he had a quarterback rating of 94, 17 to 23 for 254 yards and a touchdown. He picked up another couple touchdowns on the ground. Samari Toure is probably the um, the biggest positive out of the entire game. He got very involved, was probably the star of the game if you were going to pick one, um, with eight receptions for 133 yards. And he was also involved in the option game, which he saw a little bit of in the Illinois game. It was more uh, featured uh, against Fordham, and he had another 35 yards in carries as part of that option scheme. And he had a touchdown through the air and a touchdown on the ground. So a uh, big day for Samari Turi. And it was particularly good to see that we were throwing downfield, both for Martinez getting into a rhythm downfield and for Toure getting open. Uh, you know, you know, we're playing Fordham, but it's, you know, there were some accurate throws for Martinez and that looked good. Another huge positive in the receiving game was how involved Austin Allen was with four receptions 61 yards. I mean, he really wasn't visible in that Illinois game and then was, you know, the second leading receiver of this game. These are the kind of things you wanted to see them get right in terms of offensive production. Um, Omar Manning also had a, a great game. The part of the reason for that was that we did that Oliver Martin wasn't, wasn't in the game, but it gave these guys an opportunity. And I think Oliver Martin looked like the best receiver in Illinois. Hopefully the, you know, the idea here is game by game, particularly with these you know, Patriot League opponents or Buffalo next week. The The idea here is that we're going to be able to build and become a better team. So hopefully we can put together what Oliver Martin was able to do against Illinois, what Omar Manning, Austin Allen, Samari Toure were able to do in this game and really have a, a potent uh, p- passing attack. Now the run game was pretty successful. Um, if there was, a, if there was another star of the game, it'd be Marquis Stepp. Marquis Stepp had 18 carries for 101 yards. Though he didn't start the game, it felt like he kind of got rolling, started running downhill, and they they stuck with him. I think he took another step, or he took a step in the direction of kind of becoming our go-to back this year. Um, we'll see. It the, the truth was there were a lot of backs that got involved in this game. Martinez got two touchdowns on the ground in the run game. Uh, Sevian Morrison got involved in this game. We didn't see any of Sevian last week. So Morrison getting in more involved. He had two touchdowns, uh, nine carries for 31 yards. Marvin Scott had a touchdown. We saw Yant work out there. I mean, that's the opportunity. Some of these games, you know, playing a Patriot League opponent will grant you is that you, you get to see some of your backs, running backs, your twos and threes, certainly as the game wore on and the score, you know, the lead got larger and larger. Uh, we got to see more out of the backs. And I think in general, the backs were very impressive in the game on Saturday. The defense, uh, the defense, outside of giving out a couple plays early, they really were played a great game. Really, ben, I mean, even when they gave up the plays, it was Ben, don't break. They gave up the one touchdown, but, you know, three turnovers. Uh, well, JoJo Doman getting his first interception of his career. Uh, Deontay Williams getting two. One of them, he made a really great play on a on a on a jump ball, and uh, Markel Dismuk blocking a, a field goal. These are these are big plays. I think the defense, you know, got better certainly as the game went along, and really in the second half was able to really just impose their will on Fordham. And even the twos and threes coming in, they continued to to play well. So I think the defense, you know, continues to. It continues to improve. It's not perfect, but even as this game wore on, it felt like the defense improved, and I continue to be impressed with the the black shirt unit as a whole. 
lot, just a lot of super seniors on that unit. A lot of the games guys I just named are super seniors, so you kind of expect that. But I think it's it's worth noting. I mean, you got to take on this team. You got to take the the goods where you can. You really do. So speaking of uh, taking the goods where you can, let's take a look at the at the bads. Now, last week I talked about wanting to see a perfect game in terms of turnovers, special teams being a strength, um, and I wanted to see the offensive line get push. Another point of emphasis was starting the game quickly, jumping on the opponent, you know, starting the second half strong, not lulling after halftime. And, it, and across the board there, we unfortunately had some of the same stuff that, that we saw against Illinois. And, and you couldn't help but wonder, I mean, this is, this is a Patriot League team. You're playing a Big Ten opponent. How bad does it start? Second play of the game. Start the game fast. No turnovers. Second play of the game on what is supposed to be a bootleg that there's no option to hand to the running back. Somehow, the ball is just on the ground. Results in a third and 18 because the ball is on a backfield. Martinez is supposed to be out of the pocket and instead the ball is just laying in the backfield. You got to dive on it. That's that's the opposite the opposite of how you want to start that game. Not only are you not starting fast by doing something like that, it's the same kind of mistake. It's just like get three plays in where you don't put the ball on the, the ground, turn it over. These are the things that, that, that we wanted to see cleaned up against a Patriot League team do you have any sense of confidence that it that it's not going to happen going into Big Ten play? Because we already played one Big Ten game, and we saw what it looked like when you do those things. We lost. The Huskers lost to an Illinois team that ultimately lost to University of Texas San Antonio on Saturday. And we're going to get more into to, to what happened in the Big Ten West a little later. But, that I mean, that just, that sh- just shows you some of the stuff you didn't want to see. I will say that for the that that as the game went on, it did feel like that these that things improved. But that was you know starting each half fast and executing at a high level. You know starting strong, starting each half strong. Both halves, it it was the the second play was putting the ball on the ground with Martinez, and in the start the second half, the Fordham started with the ball. The black shirts force a punt. And what happens on the punt? Cam Taylor-Britt, once again, fumbled, touched the ball, fumbled it. Fordham got the ball on a turnover, on on punt return. I don't know how we see that after, you know what I mean? This is a captain. How does this continue to to happen? Now, they benched him again after he did it. you, You kind of don't know what to say. I hope we don't see him again. I'm hoping that Oliver Martin is healthy going into this Buffalo game and that he's going to be the punt return guy. I understand that Cam Taylor Britt has big playability and gives us that ability on the punt return, but he's turning it over and it doesn't just go back to this game. doesn't go back just to the Illinois game at Iowa. We had the Huskers had a chance to win the game last year. He fumbled the punt. Like it's not worth it. Fair catch it. Don't do anything. Let it roll. Anything is better than you giving it to the other team. And if it's happening kind of at an average of almost once a game, that's way too high. Every other game is too high. Like, it can't happen. And it's happening every game. I know Frost, you know, said he still trusts Cam, and he's had a great season. He's made a couple bad mistakes on two plays. Lots of people have, 
you know, if everybody on the team has two bad plays, I get it. I get it. I don't want to see it again. I don't want to see him out there again. Because if you put him out there again, it feels like it should be on you. I mean, it's on you to begin with. But, like, if he is out there again and fumbles, like, whose fault is that? It's not like he didn't tell you, you know. If someone tells you who they are, believe them. He's a great defender, a great captain. Leave him doing that. Ugh, I can't. I mean, the idea that against that that needing to get things right and losing a game with the the punt return, whatever that was against Illinois, I don't even know what that what you could call that play, the safety taking a safety on a punt return, the fact that that happened last week and the same player in a punt return scenario turns the ball over against Fordham to start the second half is is my is a little mind blowing to me. Outside of that, outside of those two plays, in terms of the turnovers, we were pretty good. Outside of Logan Smothers, fumbled the ball. You know, this is really his first game. He played well, I thought. You know, I, I don't mind Logan Smothers coming in in his first game. And, oh, you know, he, 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 he got too excited and put the ball in one arm after the game was out of sight and lost it. What I don't want to see is two veteran captains consistently putting the ball on the ground every game. That's, I don't want to see that, but and but here we are. So and and in terms of kick return and punt return in general, I was a little disappointed because we were able to return some of the kick returns, but we never got it past the twenty-five. And then punt return, I don't even, I don't think we were able to actually even feel the punt. Like we were not able to actually return the ball. It was either a fair catch or a fumble. And Brody Belt went in for for Cam, and I know that this play is probably going to be you know swept over. But he also touched the ball and fumbled it. Luckily, it went out of bounds. Well, I don't know what's going on, but this has to be fixed. The punt return and kick return are just absolutely miserable at this point in the season. At this point in the Scott's Frost time here, it has just been miserable. But even, I mean, even in year one, when we played Bethune-Cookman, J.D. Spielman returned a punt for a touchdown. I don't feel like we have any time to do any. I mean, we're playing Fordham. And it just felt like there was no time, there was no running room within the return game, whether it be punt return or kick return at all. You can't get a ball out past the 25? What is going on? It's Fordham. There's special teams players on Fordham. What's happening? They got to work on that. That's got to be worked on. I mean, I don't want to just sit here and moan after a win, but I I was disappointed in that. I was very disappointed in that. So we didn't start either half very well. The kick and punt return left a, le- left a lot to be desired. And that's, yeah, left a lot to be desired. The offensive line, now the running backs looked great, and I thought the offensive line got a lot better as the game went on. We had, there was a lot of, you know, turning over, you know, I can't say this enough, turning over Brendan Hymas and Matt Farniak, those guys departing for the NFL, and trying to get into rhythm with with kind of a new guys, you know, particularly them being two of the best players on the team, you know, to forget the offensive line. I think there was going to be a little bit of a process in getting this unit to click, to fully gel to the degree that it was for a lot of last season. And I felt like as the day went on, the offensive line got better, a little better. But it was definitely sputtering to start the game. We were having a hard time finding running room, having a hard time getting push. What I can say they did, uh, and and it's you're playing Fordham, you're playing a Patriot League opponent. Like the pass rush and front seven of the Big Ten teams are gonna be 
night and day different than what you're facing here. But it did feel like as the game went on, particularly in the pass protection, Martinez had a lot of time. If I were to criticize Martinez at all, it felt a little bit like he needed, you know, he took a lot of time. Like he's not going to have as much time as sometimes as they were giving him in that game. But they, they definitely were pass protecting a lot better than they did against Illinois. And as the game went on, they were really able to, in the, to wear down the defensive front of Fordham in the run game. So that, that, that was positive. But ultimately, I wanted, I wanted to see more. I wanted to see them pancaking these guys from the jump. And, and they didn't. And they didn't. So I'm, the hope that you have to have here, regardless of what the mistakes were, I, I, I think the punt and kick return may be a hopeless thing because it's just every week, it doesn't seem to get better. But in terms of at least the offensive line play and, and some of the other mistakes that we're seeing with turnovers, and et cetera, that y- you hope... This week was definitely an improvement, and it seemed to get better as the game went on. I'm hoping that they can take – they're going to play a better opponent in the, the Buffalo Bill, the Buffalo Bulls, excuse me, and I'm hoping that they can take the momentum and where the game was for them in the second half and in the, and in the second quarter into this game and imp- take it another step. Take it another step. Take it another two steps. Because that's what you're going to need to do to get ready for Big Ten play and certainly to play Oklahoma. Now, speaking of Big Ten West play, there's a lot still open here for the Huskers and for really everybody. Because after one week, there's only two teams in the Big Ten West that don't have a loss. Iowa defeated Indiana in decided fashion. Iowa looked incredible, like one of the best teams in the conference. And probably should be favored to win the division um, after a week. And Purdue was able to beat Oregon State. A little less impressive. But Penn State was in a dogfight with Wisconsin and ultimately was able to upset them. And what the Huskers should learn from that is that Wisconsin made the same kind of mistakes that Nebraska makes and ended up losing by one touchdown. It's the difference. The margin of error is so small that if we can, this, the scary thing is to continue to see these problems crop up. And Minnesota played a great game Thursday night. It was unfortunately after I recorded last week's podcast, so I didn't report on it last week, but they had a, they played an unbelievable game against Ohio state. I have to say that I sat there watching it. Um, and I was actually editing the episode. I sat there watching the game and just couldn't help but feel just so jealous. Like the way that PJ Fleck has made that team look, and it, you know, it's going to be a little tough sledding for them without, uh, Ibrahim for out for the year because he looked incredible in that game, unbelievable back. Um, but I just I thought by year four that would be where we were. Particularly like they played them close, like they still lost to Ohio State by two touchdowns. But it was the way that they played and they came in with a strategy. We're going to run the ball to try to keep the off their offense off the field. Then executing that strategy, that strategy giving them a chance. Them having a chance in that game, and they had a chance. They were up at halftime. And it's the it's the reason that everybody was so high going into year two of Scott coaching here was that we had played Ohio State the same way towards the end of year one. And we just haven't seen that since then. You know, I keep hoping. I, I hold out hope that we can get there. But we have to play more like a Minnesota team. I mean, they did not beat themselves, and they came in and executed – they, they started quickly and, and executed their game plan. 
and and we still haven't made that jump yet. I mean, we did not start that Fordham game fast, and we made some of the same mistakes. And as Wisconsin showed against Penn State, when you make those mistakes in the Big Ten, that'll be the difference. Wisconsin lost the turnover game. They were driving down, down one score, with the down six, so seven will win the game in the way, in the final few minutes, and they put the ball on the ground. They recovered it, but it it brought them back. Ultimately, the quarterback threw an interception, right? Mertz threw an interception because it's goal to go from the fifteen. So, you know, there's a lot lot to take from there, but there's a, there's a lot left out there if the Huskers can improve. But the Illinois lost to UTSA showed how far the Huskers have to go. Because I know, you know, to be honest, watching Illinois, watching Fordham, you're sitting there as a Nebraska fan trying to be the optimist, hoping that, like, maybe Illinois is just really great this year. Maybe Fordham's going to be, you know, Patriot League champs. And and maybe the Fordham will. And, and maybe I, I, I watched a little of that game. It looked like Illinois was getting outclassed from the jump. I mean, they were chasing them the whole game. It doesn't make you feel good that we lost to that team and and that team immediately lost to, you know, UTSA. But it's a long season. There's a lot of time left here. There's a lot left open. Almost every Big Ten West team has a loss. They're also good teams. We're going to have to play Michigan State, and Michigan State dominated Northwestern. The defending Big Ten West champs, they dominated them. Now, Northwestern had a lot of turnover this year from last year. But Michigan State looked like definitely Mel Tucker's best group, and they're going to be tough, man. To be honest, I watched it, and I think most Nebraska fans saw it and thought, well, man, when we play them, that's going to be a loss because that's how it feels. But it's, it's, there's, a, there's a long road to, to, to get where we want to go. We just need to keep putting it together because I, what I do believe is that this team is talented and is more talented. They just If they just don't make these mistakes, and it was better this weekend, but it wasn't perfect. It wasn't where it needs to be. It was far from it. It was better than week one. Week two is better than week one. We got to start stacking weeks, but we got to start making probably progress faster than we are. But there's a lot of time left to do it. That's our show for this week. Later this week, I have a special treat. I will be doing a crossover preview episode of the Cornhusker versus Buffalo Bulls uh, football game with Kyrie Damos, uh, the host of Bullseyes on the Believe Podcast Network, the University of Buffalo Bulls football podcast. He's a former player. He's been around the team for a really long time, so it'll be really fun to have Kyrie on and, uh, and, and kind of expose both fan bases to teams that they're probably not that used to seeing or hearing about. So please tune in for that. And as always, go Big Red. I was raised in Nebraska. But one time I journeyed south And the things those Okies said down there Made me wipe out a couple of miles They like their Sooner football And they don't like 
the Huskers now But I surprised them all when I sang this song I made them take off and run You can boast about your victory Tell me all about your team But when we meet on the football field Your bridges won't be clean You can brag about the Sooners And sing your old fight song But don't come across our borderline Cause you knuckleheads don't belong Show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.